What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my fellow co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, folks. We are moving right along through the NFL season. We are uh, Week 5 is upon us. By the time you're listening to it, it's probably uh, the Thursday night game between the Colts and the Broncos. But... I, I think I said this a couple episodes ago, but we really need to cherish the moment that we're in because just one day before we know it, it's all going to be gone. So I really hope you guys are cherishing this, these moments. Um, I know Jack and I did last Sunday. Um, and I'm sure Shreff did too, because his team is absolutely on fire right now. So how are you guys feeling? I know Jack and I didn't really get to watch a lot of these games. Well, particularly me, because I was on the road coming back from the Steelers Jets game. Um, but how was uh how was your week four, guys? I had a good time. My uh my two two fantasy leagues that I would say put the most thought into, I won both of those, so I felt pretty good about those. I think well, I I felt pretty good. Um locks didn't go too well, but overall I I I'm pretty sure I won some money in total. So not can't complain. Good. For me, the f- disappointing Steelers loss, but there's a whole lot more to be excited about and I'm happy about. So and I'm, everyone, I'm sure, could guess what it is. Um, so overall, positive weekend, despite going to Pittsburgh, watching Pitt lose to a horrible Georgia Tech team, and then the Steelers lose to the Jets. Still a lot to be happy about. Of course, and we will, I mean, clearly that's going to be a large uh, segment in today's episode, um, so stay tuned for that. Um, my week four was pretty good. My fantasy teams are doing really well, especially in the last two weeks. I'm in four leagues, and I'm, I won, I was. I went 4-0 week three and week four, so I'm definitely on the, uh, the up and up there, and things are looking good. Um, but, yeah, and as Shref said, the locks for these two aren't going so well, but don't mean to brag, but it's going kind of well for me. So, um, yeah. So we'll get to that at the end of the show as well. Um, but of course we got to hear from Mr. Shreff about his Eagles. Um, were you hitting the panic button early on in this game? 
we'll start off with that question. Um, I would say uh, definitely a little concerned, but I mean, they they're a second quarter team. What can I say? You know, that, that, that's, just, that, that's just their identity this year. Um, yeah, definitely a little concerned. Um, word of the day, word of the day is, it is. resilience, resilience for the boys this week. Um, so this was, I would say, out of all their games so far, their biggest like team win. Just a, a, the entire unit do it like both sides of the ball doing everything. Um, Jalen Hurts wasn't like fantastic compared to the last two weeks. Sixteen and twenty-five, two hundred four yards and one pick. Obviously, the weather um, was played a very big factor in that. Still had a rushing touchdown and made some big throws when needed. But I mean, you took one look at the weather and you knew that uh, you were going to have to win this game on the ground. And that was exactly what they did. Uh, Miles Sanders, I said it after week one when he had his big game. Um, he looks like he can be a lead back, and that's what he's been so far. 134 yards, 27 carries. So they're giving him, I mean, gave him a large majority of the touches and two touchdowns. Um, A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard still contributed in the passing game. 95 yards for Brown, 72 for Goddard. Pretty solid. Can't complain with that. Uh, the receiving core in general has just been really rock solid the whole year, like, I mean, they've showed it so far that, like, if maybe they target one guy the entire game, maybe they spread it around, but they're winning in every way possible. And, I mean, with how young and talented they are, I don't see this stopping anytime soon. So very exciting after having to deal with, uh, you know, like the likes of Jordan Matthews being your number one for, like, four years in a row. So it's a, it's a very good change of pace. Um, then, obviously, the defense. Uh, huge plays throughout the game. Obviously, 14 points early, not ideal then went on to allow seven the rest of the way. So can't complain with that. Uh, forced four fumbles on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they, had, they had Jags fans everywhere, like, you know, kind of reverting back to their take at after the Washington game. Like, is this really the guy? They were getting mad at him. It was great. Loved, loved every second of it. Um, and also a pick. Um, the defense as a whole is just proving themselves as like a, a top unit of the league. They're winning at every level. You have the D-line making plays. Brandon Graham's turning back the clock. Uh, they all look amazing on the D-line. Linebackers are flying around the field. I'm going to shout out TJ Edwards pretty much every week, I think, because I feel like across the league he's probably not getting recognized as much, but he has evolved into like a, a legit middle linebacker for them. Um, and then obviously the secondary is taking advantage of uh, the QBs being hurried all day. They're making poor decisions and they're taking advantage of it. Um so, yeah, as I said last week, I wanted to see them play from behind. That's what they did, exactly what they did. So, obviously, as an Eagles fan, there is not much to complain about. Um, and I also wanted to shout out the locker room videos after the game just because it gave me big-time 2017 vibes just off of, like, the like the excitement of the players. They're having a great time. Devontae Smith had three catches for 17 yards, and he was the first person in that video that I saw dancing and having a good time. So, we're just having fun. We're just having a lot of fun. That's all I got. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how on last week's episode, you're like, if there's anything I can ask of this team, I, I want to see yeah. how they look coming from behind. And they literally, that's exactly, exactly what happened. It so. was almost like they spotted them 14 points. And we're like, okay, it's time to go now. <laughs> yeah, it's like they listened to the Hogwarts podcast. I, I, uh, it, was, it was awesome to see. Yeah, and also you mentioned Miles Sanders. He's looking like one of the best through four weeks, at least, uh, value picks in fantasy football for sure. Mm. I mean, he was going in the mid round, so he's definitely looking like a, you know, behind one of the best, if not the best offensive line in football, um, dominating the touches out of that backfield for sure. So you like to see that if you're a Miles Sanders fantasy uh, manager or you have him on your team. 
Um, yeah, I guess. I, I mean, and also, yeah, that, that you love to see that, you know, like you see how Devonte Smith, um, from a personal statistical standpoint, didn't have his best game by any means, but you know, it seemed like they all are there for one purpose and for the team to win. And, um, you know, you, you love to see their, that camaraderie out of, out of yeah, your team. It, so. it seems they've, they found what seems to be the perfect blend of veterans and young guys. Like you obviously have the already established leadership of like Elaine Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, but then like Jalen hurts. I mean, already seems to have complete control of that locker room. And it, it just seems like it's a perfect balance of young guys who are coming in and seeing these older guys and being like, I, I just want to win. I just want to win games. And it seems like everyone's buying into that. And obviously that's also a huge credit to Nick Sirianni. Um, he was just on the uh, Pat McAfee show today and I thought represented himself uh, very well. Um, so, I mean, obviously losing Doug Peterson was, I mean, for me, a very sad time, but I don't think you could really ask for much more than what we've gotten out of Sirianni so far. So it's, I mean, every every facet of their team has just been really impressive so far. Uh, looking at the box score, I see the uh, the Eagles have Trey Sermon. Care to comment? They do. They do. Uh, not, not too much comment. It was, it was more, uh, he was, I believe practice squad, but then Boston Scott obviously hurt. I'm assuming once Scott comes back, that sermon will probably get bounced out of there again. But I mean, certainly a fun name to see, to see on the depth chart. It's only a second year in the league. Yeah. It feels, it, it feels like he's like a 10 year vet. He's just, yeah. He's just like already like washed up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not good for anyone who took him in the uh, first round of the rookie drafts. Uh, that that was kind of a di- disaster. He was, of a pick. he was getting drafted in like the mid rounds of like actual drafts of like redrafts, if I remember correctly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Kevin took him like the sixth round. He just like didn't play like, at all. Yeah, Tr- San Francisco is definitely a tricky backfield to figure out for oh, wait, for sure. I, before we move on, since we're only doing two things, can I bring up a trade that I made? Yeah, sure. Um, we'll trade it. I, so my uh, I um. My running backs, my one league are not too hot. I have Travis Etienne in like ten leagues, so I was looking to get rid of him. I traded him for Elijah Mitchell. Thoughts? Like straight up, straight up, Travis Etienne, Elijah Mitchell. Keep in mind, right now, Brees Hall and Ramondre are getting most of the starts for me, which shows you how bad my running backs are. But they don't have buys until week ten, which I'm assuming Elijah will be back by. Yeah, so, I was gonna. Add, what's the expected week Mitchell's supposed to be back by? They said that it was like a two month two month injury, and I believe he's about to be on one month. Okay. Yes, yeah, so it's probably week eight or nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's the record of this team? Uh, I just won. I finally like went off a little bit. I am now two and two, two and two on the year, but very like the losses that I had, I put up the least points in the league. Like it wasn't pretty. Hmm. It's it was an interesting due to my running backs. It's interesting for sure. Uh, it, it'll it'll be tough. I mean, Jeff Wilson has done a decent job in in Mitchell's absence, so it'll be interesting to see how that you know how the touches you know uh, are divided when Mitchell does come back. I don't know if it's quite a guarantee that he'll just go back to. He was like last year. He was like definitely the main back. He was getting like fifteen plus carries a game. Yeah. Don't know if that'll quite be the case. Jeff Wilson, like I said, has looked really good. So, I don't know. It's interesting, but obviously, ETN has not looked 
impress like his numbers his output it's, has not been good so it's the usage the usage for me too it, it, it feels like there, there's too many mouths to feed in jacksville at least like lawrence seems like he likes to spread it around and then obviously i, I didn't expect robinson to be getting as many touches as he was getting especially this early on so it, it just feels like I've i've been wasting away with him and i've tried to start him he doesn't quite do it for me i just i it feels like i'm like the only way that he's getting you points is if he's breaking off like a 50 yard touchdown yeah uh, I'm gonna give the I'm gonna grade it a B. I'll take that. That that's acceptable. I I had to make a move. I was I, I was I was drowning on running backs, and I'm like, I gotta I gotta try something. Jack, what would you grade that? Um, I'll grade an A minus. I like the aggressiveness. Just take a Thanks, take a chance. Why not? Appreciate that. All right. I, I do uh, I do agree with what Streff said. So far, now like. You could play devil's advocate and say that you're buying a little old. You be selling low on ETN. Um, maybe they haven't hit their stride. He hasn't. He hasn't hit his uh, ceiling yet in this offense. But you're right. Trevor does like to spread around so far through the first four weeks. I mean, Jamal um, Agnew. Jamal Agnew. That going into this week, they were like, "Yeah, special teams guy." Jamal Agnew had two touchdowns. Right. Yeah. There's a different guy every week. Zay Jones had went off. Zay Jones leads them in. I don't know after this week, but he leading up this week, he was their leader in receptions. It it Um, it is funny because it actually it reminds me a lot of like how the Eagles were with him with Peterson, where like it could be anyone at any time. You like you never knew. Last thing I wanted to uh, kind of say before we get on to the Steelers uh, is, Jack, how are you? In the beginning of the season, you did not understand why I put the Eagles in number one seed in the NFC. Um, how are you feeling about that take right now? Um, I don't regret it. I mean, I, I didn't at the time, but the Eagles, for one reason or another, just look extremely strong. I still don't quite get it. Um, put it, I guess, on their coaching. But, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't see a preseason, but they're clearly proved me wrong. Okay. Just wanted to check in with you there. Um, all right. Steelers time. We'll let Jack have the first word. Be prompted um, with a question. What? I want to be prompted with a question. Sure. Um, let me see. I didn't have. I don't have a question prepared. I have to come up with it off the top of my head. Uh, Any question, Craig? Um, <laughs> what? Let's see. What would? What? What stat line over the next four weeks and record would you be content with? Stat line for Kenny and Steelers record over the next four weeks. And if anyone doesn't know, we are at Buffalo, home against Tampa Bay, at Miami, at Philadelphia possibly the toughest four stretch of games you could get at this point in the NFL season. Do you want a total stats or per game? Total stats. I know this question kind of involves some math, math, but like I said, I just came up yeah. with it right now. So, uh, um, without, okay. I'm going to say a thousand total yards. Total yards, okay. Seven total touchdowns. Okay. Um, and at most four interceptions. 
Now this isn't this reasonable. isn't what this isn't what Jack is projecting. This is what he would be content with. I'd be correct? content with it. Okay. And I mean more importantly, uh I care less about what's on the stat sheet as opposed to just what he looks like with the eye test. Because if you look at a stat sheet this week, it's Shreff said it. Uh via text, it's the most misleading three interception game you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. Um so Certainly, certainly. uh, I mean, I'm not going to act like I'm not a biased guy, but like any football fan that watches that watch that game, yeah, maybe not the most misleading, but certainly misleading. Like PFF credited him with zero turnover-worthy plays, so um, we can nitpick of which ones could be his fault, but uh, yeah, more so the eye test of what's on the stat sheet. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. And, and record, sorry, you wanted? Yeah. Um, I personally... Now, this is a change from what I'm used to. Someone who's lived through 15 seasons of Mike Tomlin never having a losing season. Uh, winning games isn't really our priority at this... At my priority at this point. I want Kenny to look good and him to develop into our clear future, which I know he can be. So I'm not too worried about wins or losses, especially through this next four. These are really tough games. Um, one win I'm fine with, honestly. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess so. It I think we can speak out one. Don't know which one, but. One of them. Yeah. I'd say Miami. If two is still out, definitely makes it more feasible. Miami's um, the best bet. For some reason, this I mean any of them you could say it seems foolish. I think the Bucks. I don't know if Bucks I, have I a agree. Great in my opinion. Uh Eagles and Bills are Eagles yeah. and Bills are gonna be tough. So right. uh Eagles yeah. game I, is home too, if I'm not Bill's game is home too. Eagles right? well, yeah, away for the Steelers. Well the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. Tough. So, yeah, I agree. And like, like going back to his interceptions, um, break it down. Know, I mean, the first one, it was a, his first NFL attempt. Uh, it was a deep shot to Claypool, and you know, it was slightly, slightly underthrown, but certainly shouldn't have been a pick. Uh, it probably should have been an incomplete pass at, at worst. The second one, it was interesting because Shreff was texting Jack. Uh, and at first Jack and I were like, oh, that definitely shouldn't have been a pick, but it was kind of just our vantage. Just Jack and I were at the game. If anyone, uh, couldn't pick up the context clues there, I want to say that, but from our vantage point on the field, it, it, we didn't realize how short of a pass it actually was. You know, if Fryermuth would have caught it, it probably would have only gained a couple yards at most. So it just wasn't, I mean, yes, technically it shouldn't have been picked. It hit him in the hands. But it just probably wasn't the best decision to go there because, yeah. you know, what, like it's a, it's a low reward, high risk pass. It almost on, on TV, obviously, like you said, you guys had a different vantage point. On TV, it almost looked like he was trying to throw it away. Obviously, not based on where the pass ended up, but like the way that he was kind of backpedaling it, it looked like it was just going to be a, a throw it away thing. So that's, that's kind of where my opinion of that was a worse decision than the first one came from was just like the first one trying to make a play the second one it felt like it should have just been a throwaway and chalk it up to a to an incomplete that that, that that was my only thought 
Right. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, until I like watched it because we. It was were, a weird play. It was a weird. We were play. in the right. We were like behind the end zone uh, on that for on the first hundred levels. So like, yeah. um, I didn't realize how deep in the pocket Kenny was. Like, it was way back when, there. Yeah, like it was one. Frymuth was one yard off the line of scrimmage. It felt like, it like Kenny, Kenny threw it like fifteen yards. At, yeah, like yeah. It, I don't know. This shows you how shaky our offensive line can be. That Kenny was back that far though, so quickly, but yeah. So that's why I uh, I didn't really understand it from our view, but I agree right. with Mitchell, what Mitchell said. Yeah, and the third one obviously doesn't count. Yeah, it's a throw you have to make. It's a hail mary at the end of the game. So. Yeah. That that should just you know be wiped out of his the statistical record. So, yeah, like Streff said, it's very misleading. Um, players were really galvanized by him. Deontay Johnson, I don't remember his exact quote, but he said that how uh, everyone really rallied behind him, and you could see the. I just couldn't believe what was happening when he actually went in. I kind of said it to Jack as a joke, like, "Hey, what if we see Kenny?" But then, like, he was actually in there. So it was certainly interesting. And Jack said it, uh, uh, I think, either last week or two weeks ago. And I concurred, and I'm sure Shreff did too. But we didn't really foresee Tomlin making a mid-game switch. Um, we just didn't. No. Obviously, there was no precedent in this quarterback kind of situation. But it was just a feeling that we got that he wouldn't really make a quote-unquote emotional decision and, and put him in there. So... Yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was very cool to see. I'm glad that we were there. For that. And I'm kind of about more on Tomlin's decision. I mean, of course, I'm going to spin this into the most optimistic way, but it just an interesting uh, like approach he's having on this rookie quarterback because it's always tough of when you're going to start your rookie quarterback. There's no secret formula that you need to follow that works for every quarterback. Um. And maybe this wasn't Tomlin's overarching like plan, but throwing the quarterback in mid-game kind of unexpected. Uh, I kind of like that. Maybe if you give a quarterback... I, I know you can make an argument against what I'm about to say, but if you give a quarterback... If you name a rookie quarterback, like the starting quarterback on Monday or two... Like Monday and the whole week, it's like the hype is leading up like, Oh, Kenny's making his debut. All the media is like, Kenny's making his debut. Um, could get more in your head more. So and you just kind of thrown in there, um, a little off guard, just kind of like the, no- shut out the noise and just like play ball. Know what you know, like play how you, uh, within your game. Of course, devil's advocate is like, Oh, he, if he knew he was starting the whole week plays, practice reps with the ones knows more knows the game plan better but from what i've gathered and how every backup should prepare that uh kenny has been very in tune with the playbook and like the game plan i'm i i was thinking about it more i i imagine that matt canada's when he's communicating the plays down to mitch's helmet i assume goes also goes to kenny's helmet i don't know what do you think happens there i assume that happens um i did notice kenny was wearing his helmet while we're on offense on while he was on the sideline the first half and i guess he's been doing that for the first three games it's obviously not on tv um they're not they don't have a kenny cam on tv uh every week i wish they did but uh i assume that's that may not make sense that that happens i mean why not especially in this 
Steelers scenario. Yeah, I don't I don't know. But uh it's certainly interesting to know. I don't know if, if it works that way. But um can I ask, can I ask a question to you guys? Yeah. Yeah. What is um what do we think about George Pickens going forward? Oh, he's awesome. Because I, I mean, I you'd have to assume that in training camp he was probably running a little bit with the twos and the threes with Kenny, um, just based on being a rookie, obviously. Because I mean, he he found him early and often as soon as he got put in. You, I, I, thank God, because I mean, I I feel like you guys were probably waiting for that to happen. Um, but is is this like, is that like a hundred yards? Do we think that's going to be like? A standard or like around that number could be i mean i i don't know if this jumping the gun probably is but think he's our best receiver think he's i mean right now i would i would call him uh how do i phrase this our most reliable receiver i will because I was going to say, I think at his best, Deontay Johnson's probably one of the more underrated receivers in football. But if we're talking like everything, like if we're talking like size and just like week by week, like production, I feel like Pickens probably has the higher upside, right? I think Deontay, I see where you're coming from saying Deontay's underrated. I don't think so. He has some pretty frustrating drops that oh, yeah, you, don't, you don't see out of a lot of wide receivers. So. Um, I mean, sure. In terms of getting open and creating space for such being so so small, like, he's certainly underrated. But as a whole, I think he's uh, I think he's properly rated. Uh, uh, just from like all NFL uh, media and fans, Claypool I love, but I he's not at his potential for sure. Like he he I know he can do much more, but he's just n- not producing. It's yeah, simple. I think that's a good breakdown of Deontay. Deontay is a, I'd say a top five separator in the league. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of good route runners, but he's right up right up there with the best. But he's never just off his body type alone, never going to be a contested catch guy. And his hands in general, obviously, everyone kind of knows that. So, um, I don't think calling George Pickens our best receiver, and you said most reliable receiver, don't think that's a crazy take whatsoever. Um, you know, obviously Pat Frymuth got a lot of attention as well and he is, he's a great weapon to have. And I'm I'm glad that he really just compliments the other three receivers. Um, so hopefully they, I mean, they're going to get leaned on a lot. I mean, the offensive line is struggling and it's hard for Najee to find holes within that offensive line. So we're going to have to, rely on our um our outside weapons yeah and i Um, last episode i think i think it was last episode um i was becoming a little more optimistic about our our line uh i mean in terms of sacks and sack yardage allowed as well as yards per carry from from our run game as a whole our offensive line on paper, it's produced adequately. I would say for the th- through the first three weeks, I they definitely took a step back to where we thought they'd be this past week. Um, maybe it'll change with Kenny. Who knows? But 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it, I think it may. I mean, I don't know if it'll necessarily change in terms of their actual performance. I think maybe Kenny's play style could mask the uh, shortcomings of the offensive line because he's quicker, more decisive, more accurate. And we said it on that one. I think it was maybe a six yard ish run that Kenny had Jack for a first down. That's a play that Mitch certainly is capable of making. He is more than athletic enough to make that run that I was referring to. Remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. Said I'll to me, describe, sorry. I'll describe it real quick. It was, what was it? Second or third down in six ish. Yeah. Um, and Kenny was kind of flushed out to the right, his right, right side. Uh, I guess his throwing side. And he scrambled in for the first down and just, uh, yeah, sorry, continue. But that was the play. Yeah. And I said to Jack, I mean, that like, or I don't know if you said it to me. I, I, think I said it to you. Yeah. That, that, you said that's a, you know, Mitch doesn't do that. And I said, he's, he's capable of doing that. He just wouldn't do that. Right. Um, yeah. Like Mitch would try to just maybe f- force a pass. No one was open. You could clearly see, and he maybe tried to force something and it would just be a frustrating incompletion or uh, an interception. Whereas Kenny just went out and got it with his legs. And right. sorry, uh, Shrap, I texted you a tweet of, I just texted you right now if you want to take a look. But there was a uh, a play-by-play comparison. I, Mitchell, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's the play, if you watch the game or highlights, um, I don't don't know. Remember the down and distance, but Kenny he took a big hit from Quinn and Williams. You may have saw a highlight where he got up and kind of like smiled to something to Quinn and Williams, but Kenny was faced with pressure right away from from Williams up the middle, uh, and in his face delivers a strike to Fryermuth. What was it? Maybe like a twenty yard. It was in the red zone, just about, and Fryermuth got tackled at like the one or two. It was like a twenty yard pass play. Um. So I forget who the tweet was from. I should credit them, but they stacked that play of Kenny and then Mitch on the bottom. And you can see the routes the receivers run. It's the same play call for sure. Um, the difference between Kenny and, and Mitch is that Kenny in the face of pressure just delivered that strike to Frymouth where uh, Trubisky, you could see clearly kind of panics his way into a sack. Um I could break down more of the film, but it doesn't make sense if you don't watch it. But uh, and you, but you could clearly see that Mitch is fixated on his first read, which is out to the left. I think that's Deontay. Um, whereas Kenny has a quick read out to his left, and then quickly diverts his attention to Frymouth up the middle. Just Kenny makes a quick, quick reads, and that's just not what Mitch, Mitch does. He, uh, I don't, doesn't have a good pocket presence. Doesn't read, go through his reads as well as Kenny does. Um, I was going to say for future reference, um, just based on like the O-line and his style of play, some Kenny anytime touchdowns could be, uh, could be a fun little bet. Yeah, two, if you didn't see or hear, he had two rushing touchdowns, which, again... It seems like we, on those goal line plays when it breaks down, he has no problem. I mean, he, he did it at Pitt a lot too, but like right. play, play breaks down, O-line breaks down, he, he has the legs to get it done. And exactly what we said about like Mitch is capable of doing that too. It's just... Uh, Maybe it's a mentality that Kenny just has to go get it, and yeah. uh, he did twice in the second half, in the only half that he played in. Yeah, exactly. Um, one final thing I'll say is too that you know 
like he had 120 yards, three interceptions. But people also have to remember, and I don't remember exactly who said this that I saw because this is not my original thought, but he hasn't played football in like over a month. He hasn't like taken live snaps at a game. So, you know, it'll certainly help. And as he gets more experience throughout the season, um, yeah, like it was the end of August, the last preseason game is last time he actually played in a real football game. So uh, a little bit of rust is expected for anyone in that, in that sense. So I'm going to, I also want to add that uh, I'm just going to say all the good things about Kenny Pickett. Uh, he didn't, other than the three picks, which this sounds bad, other than the three interceptions, he did not have an incompletion. And we said before that we'll give PFF the, the unbiased uh, perspective. They grade him with zero turnover-worthy plays. So I, I am very satisfied with, with, the, with the ha- his, de- his debut half that we saw. Right. Um, yeah, we've only talked about Kenny, not about the team as a whole. Uh, yeah, I the, wanted to comment on that as well. The defense definitely let us down. Um, Jets had two touchdown drives in the, in the fourth quarter alone, and um, where we really needed to come up with a stop, and they just didn't come through. So hopefully that is not indicative of games going forward, although our secondary is very banged up right now. I think all four members are questionable for the Bills game. And that could get ugly with how prolific Buffalo is. Right. Yeah. Our, uh, of course, relating it back to Kenny. Kenny did enough to win this game, I think, in my opinion. Uh, you can't let the Jets march down the field twice in the fourth quarter and get seven points each time. Like, that's just not acceptable. You're not going to win football games like that. Um, yeah. And it's not, it's no secret we're missing TJ Watt. Like there's so we just gotten so used to him just being such a disruptor that I like there's specific times throughout the games like TJ would have got him for sure. Like Temp texting me during the games that TJ would have four sacks a game and like I don't even think that's an exaggeration considering how the Jets were down three tackles. Like he would have absolutely feasted on Zach Wilson. Uh I mean I, I can think of several plays right now that I know he would have gotten to him. And I can confidently say if TJ is playing that we win that game as well as the Patriots game. And that means we're three and one. So I don't think the Steelers are awful. I just think that we're missing our best player <laughs> and best defensive player in football at that. Um, which that I texted Mitchell that this to do this today as well, that like that also shows our lack of depth. I knew it going into that the year that we weren't very deep at that position other than Watt and Highsmith. We don't really have a viable starting option to rush the passer. Um, and unfortunately, TJ got hurt, and hopefully he can come back soon. However, thinking about it again, if we're 3-1, and one, uh, I do we see Kenny? Probably not. Uh, I don't think so. Right, so, I mean, maybe this Watt injury is a blessing and a curse for, uh, I mean, for the sake of Steeler fan enjoyment or, or the sake of uh, Kenny's development, however you want to put it. Get well soon, TJ. We're 0-7 in your career without you. Is it 0-8 so, now? No, I think it's 0-7. Mm. Either way, not good. Um, all right, are we ready for lock of the week now? 
Sure are. Yeah. Which we are trying to rebrand. Um, oh yeah, for, with a different name. Did did, uh, did you guys have suggestions that you wanted to bring up here? I had one. Uh, but I don't know if I like it or not. I mean, we can workshop it here. Why not? We we make. There's no rules here. We we can do whatever sure, we, we want. Do, we do make our own rules. Um, I, I my my idea was going to be the hogline hammer plays. Um, it's not bad. I like it. Just an option. All right. I don't. I, I really. I think you're selling yourself short on that one. That one's not too right. bad. I was uh, I was searching for alliteration. I I found something. Okay, Jack. What was yours? Did you see the acronym I texted? You texted the acronym. I I I didn't bother to try to figure it out because I don't know how your brain works sometimes. Yeah, it's I'm out of I'm out of ideas. S D O T W Sportsbook Donation of the Week, and I think we should just call it Donation of the Week, or just our <laughs> sportsbook donations. I don't, I actually don't mind that either <laughs> because as um, I, said, I, I, I almost I, like I, that I, I like that better just because of the records that right you got to eat some humble pie at some point i know mitchell's doing very well but as a collective we're 13 and 14 i think and i mean we we're our cumulative record at the end of the season I, I think last year was about 500 as expected i mean if we were better we'd be professional better so this is true. i think I, I i i think that uh kind of makes sense yeah and even though that i'm uh seven and three right now you know, that could very easily regress and be, I can be three and seven in my next picks very easily. Next, yeah, next after uh, this week. Yeah, yeah. After this week, you can be like 57%. You could be seven and six. <laughs> exactly. That, that could like, without a doubt happen very easily. So, um, I don't know. Are we taking a vote? I like, I really like both, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I think I might Jack might like Jack's a little bit more. I, I think I also like Jack's better, so I'm I'm okay with that. Okay, all right. Well, here is our first rebranded segment of sportsbook donation of the week. That might take a little bit of time to getting used to, though, because we've <laughs> been saying lock of the week for a year and a half yeah, now. Then. About, um, but without further ado, let me recap the records. Uh, I think I did it before we hit the record button uh, when it was just me and Shref, but. I am sorry. I should have had this note pulled up. I'm in first at seven. I'm at seven and two, actually. Uh, and these two gentlemen are tied for second at three and six. Uh, allow me to remind everyone of the, their picks from last week. I went three for three. I had the Cardinals plus one and a half. They won outright. Chiefs minus one and a half. And they handily beat the Bucks on Sunday Night Football. And I had the Miami Dolphins and Cincinnati Bengals under 47. Um, so that was three for three. Shreff uh, was unfortunately one and two. He picked the Browns minus one and a half. They lost a close game to the Falcons. Uh, Cowboys minus three and a half, which did hit. They covered that against the Commanders. And he also had the Broncos Raiders under 45 and a half, which that game went over by, like uh, I, th- I think, yeah, at least a touchdown. Well, you know, it was, uh, I, the process was there. They were the two worst red zone offenses in the league going into that game, and they just decided to score every time in the red zone. So it's, a, it's tough. Yeah, and then Josh Jacobs decided to play like an all-pro. He did decide to do that. Uh, Jack went two and one, made up a little bit of ground. Uh, now he's tied for uh, second. He had Vikings minus two and a half, thanks to uh, you know, a very close miss or almost make by uh, Will Lutz in that early game in London, but it fell just short. 
and they covered the two and a half, just barely. Jackals with the Lions minus four and a half, and surprisingly, the Lions did not cover. They lost the game outright. One of the highest scoring games ever in NFL history um, with that one against the Seahawks, and they also had the Chargers-Texans over 44 and a half, and that hit. Um, so that was kind of our recap where we're at now. We have decided to, or initially we were going to do every four weeks. We'd, we'd include a total, but I feel like we're kind of uh, liking picking two spreads in a total. So we're going to stick with that at least for now. Um, not sure if it's a solidified thing we'll do going forward, but we're going to at least stick with it for this week. Uh, are we ready? Yep. Yes, sir. All right. Sportsbook donation of the week. Uh, we haven't picked the order, so I don't know. Well, I, I I'm gonna pick. I want to pick first. So yeah, yeah. We'll give Jack the second selection because you guys are tied, but he had the better week last week. So third Jack, do you want? Oh, you want to pick third? Yeah. Ah, okay. okay. Jack will pick third. I think this is the same order we had last week, if I'm not mistaken. Shreff so. will be going second. Um, and I'm going first. Do you guys know what I'm going to do? Um, Come on. I have an no. idea. Come on. I mean, it's got to be the Lions, right? No. Yeah. No. Oh. No. Come on. You're getting there. Oh, wait. No, I know what you're going to do. There it is. There's someone starting this week. Yeah, there's someone so, starting this week. <laughs> Teddy, two gloves is back. You know what <laughs> I it like is. It. I He's like starting. It. I do, too. Let me just remind everyone, I have it written down. I have updated numbers. Uh, he has a 67% cover rate. That's the best of any quarterback since 2000 that has a minimum of 30 starts. And on top of that, he's 24-6 and six against the spread on the road in his career. Even better road quarterback against the spread. Um, What's that percentage, sorry, on the road? What, what was the record? 24-6. and six. Oh, wow. So that's like eight, 80. 80. Yeah, 80%. Yeah, he's unreal. He's the he's what you guys thought Geno Smith was, um, and what he he should ever aspire to be. Um, and this is the lock uh, of all locks. He's back. I don't know for how long. The NFL may keep him out there because they don't want to get canceled. Um, yeah, but because they don't want to let two out there too quickly. Um, so. You know, we're just going to take them as they come. They play the Jets. I know the Jets just beat us last week, but also if it follows the zigzag play, the mm-hmm. uh, the system, the Dolphins didn't cover last week. The Jets did cover. So we like that as well. It's only, well, I have three points on DraftKings. What do you guys have? Also three. Yeah. Three. Okay. Perfect. Exactly. I mean, at worst, I push, I feel like, but I feel like they can handle them. And the Dolphins are just a better team overall. They have a better roster much better defense and um i have confidence that teddy's gonna get it done of course i do why wouldn't i so i wanted to make sure i got that one just because that's just on brand for me uh dolphins minus three is my first pick like it um all right i i'm gonna start by riding the hot hand they won me a game last week. I'm hoping they're going to win me a game this week. I am going to take Dallas plus five and a half at the Rams. Um, yeah, I don't know the, the the. I mean, the Dallas defense is the Dallas defense. They have not 
really shown any weaknesses so far. Uh, Rams, very hard team to figure out so far. Um, whole offense just doesn't doesn't quite look like what it's supposed to look like. Allen Robinson's been a huge letdown. Um, running game is pretty much non-existent so far. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the Cowboys offense seems to be doing what it needs to do with Cooper Rush in there. Um, even if they lose this game, I, I feel like five and a half is just too many points considering how how this past week went and just the season as a whole. Five and a half seems like way too many. So give me Dallas. You know what? I, I didn't really think much about that game, but now that you kind of talk it through, I kind of like Dallas plus five and a half. So it feels like a um, lot of points. Like the those teams aren't aren't a five and a half difference in talent right now. Do you got who's home again? Rams. Anyone I mean, the Rams are home, but like, I mean, the Rams home field advantage isn't really existent. And like, if there's ever going to be a fan base that'll have people in LA, it'll be Dallas. So I, I, I'd imagine that the the crowd will probably be a, almost a pretty even split even. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that one a lot. Um, we're looking like another week of Cooper Rush for sure. Dak is yeah. on the horizon of a return, so probably in another two to three weeks or so. But uh, Rush has done very well in a, in a, in a, in what he's been asked to do. Dean Lamb is starting to turn like starting to really turn it on too, which I'm interested to see how that continues. So yeah, Gallup back, which helps. Yeah, yeah, yep, Gallup back as well. Yeah, five and a half. Like I said, just seems like too many points. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Jack's up, and just a reminder, everyone, you do not have to take your spread. You can take your total. You don't have to go in any particular order here. But oh, yeah, Jack is up for his uh, third overall selection in this week's uh, Sportsbook Donation of the Week draft, and he's on the snake because he gets two picks in a row. Few I like. Uh, if I had to lean, I was lean, leaning both. Not Wasn't planning on picking both of yours, but if I had to lean a direction, I would definitely like both of those. Uh, finger looking good. <laughs> uh, is that like a nervous tick that came out of nowhere? People, Trav, do you know what he's talking about? I I don't even know if I do. Oh no, it was on it was on first take this past week. When, or, <laughs> I don't think I saw it. I'll, I'll send you the clip right now, but uh, <laughs> I'll just play it. I ha- I could get up in one second, but yeah. So it was um. If I'm not mistaken, he was describing the Dallas defense. Sure. And uh, Jack's gonna play that in a second here, but <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's what he was preferring to. I like that. So good. So good. Yeah, everyone was probably so confused. Uh, they're going to be when, if they hear that without any context. So thank you for providing it. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah. Did you, did you even pick get? I don't even remember. I didn't, but I'll pick right now. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the 49ers. Okay. Uh, they play the Panthers. The Panthers are so bad. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Panthers lost by a touchdown to the Cardinals. I mean, a touchdown plus the Cardinals um, this past week. I know the Panthers were home, or no, the Panthers sorry, were on the road. Now they're at home. I don't care where they play. Uh, Panthers are one of the worst defenses and one of the worst offenses. 
and the Niners are I feel like are starting to hit their stride again with with Jimmy G. They took down the uh, Rams, I'd say pretty convincingly on Monday Monday night. Um, I heard a stat that uh, let me see if I rec- can recall it correctly. Um, under the, under Matt Rule, how long has Matt Rule been the coach? Since this, this is his third, third season, year, third I think. Year, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Um, they've only when allowing seventeen points. Sorry. I think I saw this too, but I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, like they have one win when holding their other team to 17 points or less. Does that sound right? It's sure. Yeah, why not? I think it's the other way around. They only have one win when they've let up 17 plus points. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Regardless, it's a bad stat. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just think they're a lot better than the Niners are a lot better than the Panthers. Did you say I, the line? I don't think I caught that. Six and a half. Okay. Um, then my next one. It's a tough one. I like a few. I'm going to go with an underdog. Oh. And I'm going to go with the Lions. Oh, he's back on the Lions. Picked them last week, but uh, picking them again this week. They're three and a half point underdogs to the Patriots. Uh, Patriots are at home, but uh, zigzag theory, Mitchell, correctly, correct, right? Uh, who did the Patriots play last week? Packers, and it went to overtime, and they covered. Yep. Um, Lions certainly did not cover, and uh, yeah, Campbell's cover rate has been great, which we said said this last week and got burned by it, but. Um, I think you'll have have the the Lions turned around this week, kind of like a a little bit of a back against the wall kind of game. Like you can be either be two and three or you're one and four. I feel like it's a pretty big difference. And Patriots quarterback situations a little bit of question mark right now. Mac Jones practice but limited. I imagine he won't play. If he does, I think that's even better for the Lions. Um, Billy Zappi's kind of exciting. And he played, but still, it's a Bailey Zappy. So, yeah. Uh, I, does this change anything that the Patriots are wearing their red throwback uniforms? No. Oh. Are you sure? I don't care what they're wearing. All right, man. Whatever you say. Yeah, I I don't know how to feel about this one. To be honest, uh, I'm kind one. of kind of torn. All I know is the Ryan, excuse me, the Lions run defense has been terrible. Really bad. So while I normally don't really like Harris or Stevenson, I think they're great plays, especially in DFS this week. But the Lions are going to put up 46 points at least. So that's a good point. All right. There you have it. That's Jack's two picks. Uh, Shref, you're up. Your second selection. So far, my second one is, is still good. So I hope you don't take it. I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah, there's there's a few on here I'm looking at. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my with my favorite like gut play like in my in my heart. I'm just like there's no like this has to hit. There's no way it can't. 
Um, I'm going to take the Titans minus two and a half against Washington. Okay. Um, I kind of like I said about riding riding the hot hand with Dallas. I'm going to kind of ride the cold hand with Washington. Um, took the Eagles to cover. They covered. Took Dallas to cover. They covered. So we're going to keep it rolling with Tennessee here. Um, Titans last couple weeks have looked different than they did the first two weeks for sure. Um, offense is still, you know, up and down. Ryan Tannehill, I feel like a lot of people are still maybe out on him. But on the flip side, the defensive line for them has been uh, really impressive. And you're looking good? Yeah, 100%. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons has been just an absolute beast, like commands. Like, I mean, if you really watch, like he's commanding the same type of presence that like like Aaron Donald's uh, like commanding on the D-line at this point. He is otherworldly. I want to shout out uh, a pit, a, a, a good old pit man. Um, who's had a couple sacks on the year in Rashad Weaver. Um, but yeah, the D-line just looks really good for them. I think they're going to give Wentz nightmares all day. We've seen how he fares against pressure. That's going to be getting to him. I'm assuming they're going to get after him all day, and I think they are just going to be able to kind of work their way up the field on offense. So I, I'd have to imagine that they're going to win this game by at least a field goal. So Titans minus 2.5 is my second play. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Harold Landry's having it. Nope, he hasn't played. Nope, yet. he's hurt for the year. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why. Close. Um, but no, Weaver, Weaver stepped right in. But um, yeah, I don't know. Titans minus two and a half. I feel good about that. All right. That wasn't mine, so I'm happy. I'm going with the Bucks. I have minus nine. What do you guys have? Uh, nope. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, Bucks minus nine. Uh, another zigzag system play. I, I didn't pick it just because of that this week. It just happened to be so. The Falcons covered last week. They went out right against the uh, Browns, and the Bucks did not cover and lost to the Chiefs last week. Uh, it's just another opportunity, another week for these wide receivers for the Bucks to get healthier. Um, Chris Godwin did play last week, but again, just to get more acclimated. Um, so. I just think that it also helps as well. And Tom Brady versus the Falcons all time. Do you guys know what his record is? Not against the spread, just straight up. Got to be pretty good. He's played them 10 times. Nine and, and one. one. I was going to say like nine and one, eight and two, something like that. Well, guess what? He hasn't lost. He's 10 and oh, 0. Oh, there you go. He's 10 and 0 versus the Falcons. Uh, his average margin of victory is 11.9. So he, most games against them have been you know, decided pretty handedly. Uh, everyone remembers the Super Bowl comeback against them. I know that was, you know, whatever, six years ago and was on a different team, but still, he's just fared very well. He's played them, obviously, four times in the past two years. He's won all of them. Uh, so that made me feel pretty good about the selection. And I don't know. I just feel like that... I know the Bucks haven't looked that great. And I know technically these two teams have the same record at two and two. But I have to believe, like the Bucks are just that much more talented than the Falcons. Gotta, so. I mean, they got. I mean, they, they got to turn around at some point, right? You have to. You have to imagine. Right. So, uh, Tampa Bay minus nine is my pick. It is a lot of points, um, but again, I I think this could be like a thirteen to sixteen point win or something like that. So, um, I feel pretty good. Bucks like minus nine. Pick. I like all our picks so far, Mitchell. Uh, sorry to say that I like the other opposite for this one. The Falcons, okay. 
do. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady has undefeated record, and I certainly think the Bucks are going to win, but I c- could see the Falcons keeping this game very close. Uh, from what I'm remembering or trying to recall right now, uh, Falcons haven't gotten blown out yet, have they? Like, they played... They're the, the only te- they're the only team to cover every game this year. Right. Like, I could see them keeping this close the whole game, or I could also see them kind of getting blown out, but then, like, back co- backdoor covering nine for sure. And it could just be, like, a 22 to 30 game. Like, I feel like both of those things could happen are more likely than the Bucks blowing the Falcons out. No quarter They're off Patterson. No That's also true. That's yeah, true. Yeah, well, I so. wish I was watching that game because I want to see how they. Well, they must. They fared well without him. They won. They they won the game. I know he. Uh, did he play the whole? Or he he got hurt mid game and. Uh, I think I don't know. I he would does. like like to watch their offense operate without him. Uh, Caleb Huntley. I added him in our fantasy league, Mitchell, and I really really need him to be something. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Uh. So my next one is one that I wasn't really sure about, but I kind of uh, I heard a stat, so I I it it made me feel kind of comfortable with it. So I'm like, you know what? Let's just give it a shot. Um. I have the Steelers Bills under forty. Seven. What do you guys 40, have for the total? Forty six and a half on here, I believe. Well, right. Steelers Bills yeah. under forty six and a half. Yeah. Um. So the stat that I heard, and I got to credit uh, Lock and Cash Sports on TikTok. He is uh, puts out very good content and very informative. Um. The stat was in the last ten seasons. When there's a nine and a half point spread or more, the under hits 59% of the time. So it's a big sample size. And I think 59% is a pretty high mark uh, given that amount of games. So, the, yeah, again, just to repeat, nine and a half point more or uh, nine and a half point spread or more in the last 10 seasons, unders hit 59% of the time. So that's what I'm feeling. And I hope I'm wrong. Obviously, I'm just nervous that the Steelers won't be able to put up that many points. Uh, it's just a tough environment. So, I I don't know. I think forty six and a half. I, I don't. I'm, again, right. My gut instinct doesn't really have a strong inclination either way, but that stat really spoke to me. So I'm gonna. I think it's worth a shot. I like that pick. Um, yeah, I I agree with you. I think it is tough knowing the like, it, is, it is hard to predict what Kenny's gonna do. Right. That that's another element. Knowing the Steelers, and I, I agree that I don't have like a strong inclination either way. Uh, but yeah, it's a good stat. All right, Jeff, you're up. Cool, cool, cool. I'm gonna go with an under as well. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks Saints under 45 and a half. Um, mm. once again, this is just a little bit of a gut pick, like. This is this is going to be the worst explanation of a pick ever. But like, think about like that uniform matchup, and just think about like those two teams. That just feels like that just feels like a seventeen fourteen game, does it not? 
So you're just going off of vibes. This this is a compl- oh, this is a hundred percent vibes pick. Um, but even besides that, like this Saints team just just doesn't look very good, honestly. Like just as a whole. Seahawks obviously put up a lot of points against the Lions last week, but we were just talking about how bad their run defense has been the entire season. Um, it's just it to me. This just feels like a game where the Saints, especially, are the Saints aren't really uh, one of those big play teams. They're kind of going to have to work their way down the field a little bit on you. Um, and is it still? It is. It's not still Dalton, is it? Is, it, is Jameis back? Do we know that? Uh, not decided yet. Okay. Either way, I mean, especially with Dalton in there, but even with even with Jameis, I this just feels like a game where it's going to have to be a lot of long drives. I don't think there's gonna, I don't think you're going to be seeing too many like breakaway runs or catches. Um, so yeah, but I mean, more than anything, this is definitely a vibes pick. So Seahawks Saints under forty five and a half. There you go. Um. All right, Jack, round us out here. Well, Shref, we got ourselves a head to head. Oh no. Over forty five and a half in the Saints and Seahawks. Wow, there we go. And be a push either. Right. And prior to uh prior to your explanation there, Shref, my reasoning being vibes. No. <laughs> wow. Why are That's why are our vibes so off? Vibes. We got our vibes are off. Living together, our vibes have been so off, Jack. I guess so. Um, now that see that was me prior ah. to um, prior to explanation. Now while you were talking, crunched a few numbers. Oh, Jack's got numbers. Jack don't have numbers. I, I, I numbers. literally crunched them myself, and uh, allow me to crunch one more. Uh, okay. Uh, the past two weeks, Seahawks have averaged 35 and a half points. They're hitting their stride with Geno. Uh, I hope. Uh, so that's one thing. I think their offense has found something. I know they've played the, uh, it's not great defenses in the, it was the Lions and then the Falcons the week prior. And, Going into this season, the Saints looking like have a strong defense, but for the first four weeks, they averaged uh, 24.5 points allowed. So they haven't been producing up to what I thought their their standard would be on the scoreboard. So uh, if you take those, uh, they take those averages 35.5 plus 24.5. Set like. 60 almost right so my model says 60 but i mean probably closer than that and i know Jameis may not play but i think it'd be better if he doesn't play because his last game he played i feel like he was kind of wrongfully put out there just he was really limited by his his back injury and they put up uh, like 25 points with dalton so he could kind of move the ball, and Seahawks defense isn't particularly strong. So, uh, yeah, I, that was one of the choices I was going between. There are a couple others I like, but since Treff went with that one, I wanted to, wanted the head to head. I like that. I can't our, vibes vibes off. I, our vibes have never been more off. This is, I know. This is, this is strange. This is very, uh, very disheartening. 
Sounds like Shreff needs to take a vacation to Florida to get the get the vibes I, that, back. That might might be necessary. We might have to we might have to sit down and have a talk about this. I don't know. Um. So Jack, now that your model says sixty, you should you should alter the spread to sixty, right? Okay. Put the money where okay. the mouth is. Might as well do it. Um. All right. Perfect. There it is. So just to recap, uh, I have. Dolphins minus three, Bucks minus nine, Steelers, Bills under 46 and a half. Shreff has Cowboys plus five and a half. Uh, excuse me, Tennessee minus two and a half. And the Seahawks, Saints uh, under 45 and a half. Jack has 40, uh, 49ers minus six and a half, Lions plus three and a half. And the head to head versus Shreff, Seahawks, Saints over 45 and a half. Um, so far, I think if I'm not mistaken, this is our second head to head matchup. The other one being, I picked the commander six and a half plus six and a half in week three and Shreff did the right. Eagles minus six and a half in week three. Shreff did come out on top there. Shreff's undefeated in head to heads. Undefeated. True. I want to know. Um, history is on my side. It's all, it's all I'll say. Yes. Uh, let me think anything else, any honorable, any honorable mentions that you guys were debating that you also like that you, you want to give out some free plays to the listeners here. Free donations. Uh, I like the Jaguars to cover seven. I think they're definitely, um, I mean, I, I think you're getting a push there at worst. And I also like the over 43 and a half. I think, the Jaguars can certainly score points in the Texans' defense, and the Texans, I feel like, are kind of... They put up 24 against the Chargers, so that's something. Uh, I also like the Eagles to cover 5.5 against the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals the defense stinks, and the Eagles yeah. are just the best team in the NFL. Um, and I also like the over in that game. Mm-hmm. I feel like the uh, Eagles can get like in the 30s, and Kyler could just like get some garbage touchdowns as well. Uh, I think that was all the other ones I was considering. Yeah, the only the only other game because I had I um, Bengals Baltimore is a weird one. Um, I I kind of like the Bengals to cover that. I, I think it's plus three on Fanduel. Um, I think I mean obviously Baltimore's defense has been very lackluster. I think Burrow's going to be able to take advantage of that a little bit. Seems like their offense is maybe starting to starting to kind of get it going now. So I like that, and then I like the over in that game too. Bengals Ravens over forty eight and a half. Um, so the, those would be two that I'd be looking at. I like that as well. I was going to bring up, I like the Bengals plus three and a half. I think these teams are pretty equal in my I eyes. Completely, so yeah. I'd rather just take the team that's laying yeah, three. Take the points, yeah. uh, contrary to Jack, I actually kind of like the Texans plus seven and a half. Sorry, plus seven. They're gritty. Man. Um, they're gritty. They lose every game, but they're, but boy, are they gritty. They are. And it's just, I know I know the Jags have looked a lot better, but you know, they haven't fared that well against the Texans in recent memory and they are two and two. So I don't know. That was just I, I don't sure. love it, but I I do lean a little Texans there. And the only other one, speaking of vibes, uh I just think tomorrow's game goes under. I know it's forty two and it's kind of low, but I just picture it being an ugly game. I think that the Colts aren't gonna be able to do much, especially with JT out. Um, tomorrow so I don't know I just see that one being a a low scoring game maybe like I don't know the Broncos offense hasn't looked that great so but far now they're down Javante that too no no Taylor and no Javante Williams so I just think that this could be a an ugly game I could see it being like a I don't know 
20 to 14, something like that. 17, yeah. 16. I don't know. So it's, uh, I could see that going under as well. I agree. Uh, all right. That is our show today, folks. Thank you for listening. Be sure to share the show with your, uh, anyone, anyone, your fa- your family, your friends, your coworkers, your dental hygienists, anyone, of course. Um, and, uh, any any closing remarks here? Yes. Uh, go ahead, Jack. You. Know. Uh, this really just popped in my head, and I was what, listening to uh, Kenny's Wednesday media uh, conference today. Steelers are historic underdogs for the first time in franchise history. They're fourteen point underdogs. Uh, similarly to Kenny's first start at Pitt. Pitt was significant, significant underdogs against number two ranked Miami. Yeah, they and were. Pitt, and Pitt won that game. So if you have any Kenny believers out there, Pitt, I mean sorry, Steelers money line. Whoa. Uh mine wasn't football related. I was just gonna say that ten out of ten dent- dentists recommend the Hogline podcast. That too. Only nine out of ten will recommend a toothpaste to you, but I'll tell you what: ten out of ten are loving this show. We're better yeah, than toothpaste. We yeah. are better. You heard it here first. We're better than toothpaste, and uh, everyone can agree. Mm-hmm. Hogline rocks. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly all right, folks. Right. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week with another episode. See ya. Thoughts, prayers, Matt stares, county fairs, and grizzly bears. <laughs>